Welcome to another edition of the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast. Thank you for listening. This is number 70 in the series, and it's always, always interesting to uh, talk to some guys on the island and talk to them about their, their racing careers, how they're trying to get off the island, some career highlights and things like that. We uh, really appreciate you guys listening each and every week. FXRRacing.com, designed by racers for racers. Use the code PULPAMX30 at FXRRacing.com to save. Uh, they've got a lot of people wearing their gear this year and they're continuing to be wearing it including Marshall Welton and a ton of other privateers. Uh, we like the guys at FXR Racing and uh, so check them out on the line and uh, they have certainly uh, something that could fit your needs and uh, again a real great company, real great guys and uh, they all ride and race at FXR Racing which is which is pretty cool. And also to Race Tech Suspension, Malcolm Stewart won Montreal Supercross with Race Tech Suspension setup. Uh, the Tyler Medaglia Michael Lessie crew up in Canada use Race Tech Suspension. Ben LeMay uses motors and suspension down in the U.S., among with others, many other privateer guys, uh, racetech.com. If you need your suspension s- serviced, you got to get it revalved. You got to get some springs. If you got a vintage bike, man, they can dial you in at Racetech. They certainly do a great job uh, with those as well. Racetech.com. Pulpamex18 is a code to save with the folks at Racetech. And uh, we really appreciate FXR and Racetech making this show happen. So uh, support them if you want to support some privateers. Uh, again, I'm Steve Mathis with me on the line, a guy that you may have popped up uh, last season in uh, fantasy or in results, and you didn't know much about him. He's certainly put in some good rides, making some main events on the 250 East Coast. Wilson Fleming, what's up, man? How are you? Not much. How you doing, Steve? I'm good. Thank you for doing this. You just hit me up on Twitter. You're just like, screw yeah. it. Yeah, I was like, dang, you know, I need to uh, get on one of these, and you were lucky enough to bring me on, so I appreciate it. It, it was a lot easier than you thought, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I thought you might uh, hit me back with get a thousand retweets, and then I was going to be... Uh, kind of up the creek but no this is awesome <laughs> no i'm not gonna do that man uh it's actually ha- wanting to come on the show and talk about your story and and give some information is half the battle for for that you mm. know what i mean and, and honestly i don't know much about you so um you know it'll be interesting for me to deep dive into this and find out a little more about you um so yeah for man sure. I, I really appreciate you, you doing it so last year was a rookie year uh you're from connecticut you ride a yamaha uh let's get into uh how old are you uh, I'm 22. 22 years old. And so you were f- pretty much full privateer last year? Yep. Yep. I uh, did it on my own with uh, help from a few of my buddies uh, out of my pickup truck and had a great time doing it. Um, yeah, I know. It's 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 uh, pretty cool. When you can put it in the main events and you made three of them uh, last year yep. and you're out of a pickup truck or out of a van yep. or whatever, uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, Daytona was your first one. Uh, I guess talk about the feeling of, of doing that. Uh, it was it was pretty unreal. So um, the first Supercross that I did was Tampa, mm-hmm. and um, I think I qualified decent, like uh, low twenties, I want to say. And then um, was running ninth in the heat race for quite some time, and then kind of let the nerves get the best of me, um, and then ended up crashing in the LCQ. And then I believe the next one was Daytona, yeah. and um, Coming into that one, um, I had some past success there in amateurs, and um, I knew I kind of liked the track. So I, I once again, I mean, I qualified like mid twenties, mm-hmm. and um, got together with Jerry Robin in the. Oh, E-race. you, you screwed then, us in fantasy with getting together with Jerry Robin. I guarantee you. Well, <laughs> and then in the and then in the uh, LCQ, I was right behind him in third place. I want to say, and uh, I see him go down, and I had him on my team, and I was like. 
for a split second, I was like, oh, no. But uh, <laughs> the, the, the feeling of, of making that main event was like a dream come true. I because, um, I mean, everyone kind of wants to make it to the pros, but like once you get there, you know, it's a whole nother level. And um, getting that monkey off my back, and especially at Daytona, was a huge accomplishment for me. So when you said you in Tampa and you were ninth and the nerves got to you, like for reals, like you were thinking like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to make this main event? For reals. Like uh, <laughs> I had one of my longtime buddies there uh, pit boarding me okay. and I come around the where we go across the start tree yep. and I yep. see the nine on the pit board and it was like instant lockup, like did not <laughs> breathe one time. Uh, arms locked up and I dropped back to like 11th or 12th, I think. So, oh, dude. Uh, you, you got to tell your guy, stop telling me what place I'm in. <laughs> I know. I need to know, but <laughs> yeah. too much. No, that's pretty cool, man, for sure. Uh, and then in, in the in Daytona, you got ended up getting 14th. Um, you're on mm-hmm. the – I mean, that's a nice finish, first ever ride. Yeah, I mean, when I made the main, I was like, you know, I'm just going to go try to have some fun, not really have any expectations. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually rode pretty um, – pretty poor like I, I wasn't too happy with the way that i rode but uh, a lot a lot of guys ended up um crashing out and i kind of just you know rode a steady race mm-hmm. and um to come back and find out that i was 14th like top 15 for my first one i was ecstatic so yeah that was an awesome feeling yeah no doubt uh so minneapolis you get uh, 21st what happens you crash out or is that an honest yeah. honest to goodness 21st yeah. <laughs> no so um the first the first main, um, I believe I was 17th, uh, and then the second main event, uh, I actually got a pretty good start. I want to say I was 8th or ninth, uh-huh. battling with John Short, and uh, he gave me the old one-two and sent me off the track, and as I was entering the track, I uh, clipped a hay bale. Uh, it wasn't a bad crash at all, but I yeah. got up, and uh, my throttle tube was completely smashed. And um, I'm sure if you were there, you remember the pit situation yes. with the snow. Oh, yeah. And um, the only throttle tube I had was in the van about a mile away. <laughs> and um, at that point, we kind of just decided yeah. uh, it'd be better. Just Hold on. To, no. you, know, you don't have an there. aluminum throttle tube on the thing? Uh, no, I was running the uh, pro taper aluminum throttle tube, but then I switched back to the soft one just because it had a little bit of a thinner field uh, oh. that I like. But you do run the risk of yes. having a break like that. Yeah, yeah, you got to run that aluminum one, man. As a former mechanic, you just leave it on and get used to it. I'm telling yeah. you. Um, yeah, how crazy was that snow and everything and getting to your truck? Like you were screwed. Um, There's no way it wasn't going to happen. We, we didn't get back to the hotel to till like uh, two a.m. and uh, I had. Keith Tucker, his mechanic, drove uh, mine and his bikes up to the event, mm-hmm. and he's in like a 250,000 mile, like 2005 Dodge van. That <laughs> the uh, windshield wipers are barely working. It's a monsoon outside. It was, right. it was a crazy experience, honestly. And then I got snowed in and didn't even get to uh, go home till like Tuesday. I no think. way, really. I got out Sunday, mm-hmm. but not till Sunday night. Like it was, it was pretty. Yeah. Early. Um. Uh, and so, and then, okay, so, and you go back to Foxborough, Boston, and get a 16th again, like, the next week, man. Uh, like, you know, you're becoming, you know, I guess you get to a point, Wilson, where you're like, I I need to, be, I deserve to be in the main. Like, I can ride with that chip on my shoulder. I'm a main event guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I struggle a little bit in the heat races. I think um, 
it takes a little bit longer for me to get the track dialed. And like, as I put more laps in throughout the night, I, I tend to, um, up my lap times and everything goes better for me. So, um, when we got to Foxborough, mm-hmm. it was like technically the home race for me. Yep. And I had a lot of my, uh, my good friends there and saw a lot of familiar faces. So, um, I definitely felt like I deserved to be in that main and I got in through the LCQ getting second place behind, uh, Peter. So, and then to finish 16th on, on that track, which was yeah, brutal. probably just as gnarly as Daytona, I would say, or even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was happy with that and I knew I wasn't going to make it out to, uh, to Vegas. So to end on that was awesome. Yeah, for sure. Were you getting into the uh, seated practice by the end or no? Um, they I don't co- think so no? because, um, from Minneapolis. Yeah. I was in B practice yeah. um, when we got to Foxborough. So how is, like, uh, obviously, I mean, one thing I've talked to guys, privateers, about is getting into that seated practice. Most guys, I think Alex Ray might be one of the exceptions, of course, because it's Alex Ray, but um, uh, most guys enjoy being with the faster guys. You just, I mean, obviously there's going to be guys that are going much faster than you, so you can be intimidated, but at least you can follow them and string together some sections. Sometimes the B practices and C practices just look like a yellow wave of flags everywhere, you know? (laughs) No, that's that's really what it is, and it's uh, it's tough one because the track is fresh, and mm-hmm. uh, some guys might say that it's faster, but I I kind of like when there's some lines that you can uh, get into, and and I believe it's a little faster that way. But mm-hmm. then you run the risk of some guys that are just um, like it's their first time at a Supercross, and obviously that was that was me like three rounds ago, but. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it can be tough in that sense. And I feel like if uh, I were to get into the seat of practice, like those guys, they're they're on another level, but to be able to latch onto them and kind of, you know, you can pick up a lot of things from them. Mm-hmm. So I'd be interested to see, you know, how I would have qualified if I was in a seat of practice, but yeah. maybe next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. That's the goal, right? Um, mm-hmm. So for 19, what's the program? Uh, what do you got lined up? Uh, so I actually just got off Yamaha's and, uh, got onto Huskies. So I'm just kind of shaking the bike down right now. I had ACL surgery, uh, done after, or it was early June. So I recovered okay. from that. And then, um, were you, hold on right so now, let's back up a little bit. Yep. So were you, did you do that getting ready for nationals? Did you try to ride nationals or was it always something that you were planning on doing? Well, uh, I actually tore it at the end of the season in 2015 um, and then kind of just stuck with it because I was doing amateur stuff and I was like, you know, if I want a chance to try to get on something, it's got to be now. Yep. Uh, Looking back, that's what I thought. And um, it was fine. There were a couple of times where, you know, if you, you put it down the wrong way, it hurts like crap. But um, if you build up a lot of the, you know, the quad muscles, yeah. the calf muscles, you can kind of deal with it. And um, after the Supercross season, um, I started, I hopped on outdoors and was training, getting ready. I was planning on doing uh, either Colorado or the one after that. High and, point, uh, yeah. Yep. yep. And I was, uh, I was talking with, um, or I wasn't talking, but um, I was, I was hopeful to try to get on the. Uh, it was either the Phoenix or the Tai Lube team for 450 Outdoors. Okay. And um, it actually fell through, and they picked up someone else. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was just kind of down on myself. And um, I, I was like, you know what, I might need a little break right now. So I mm-hmm. um, thought it was a good time to get the ACL fixed, recover, kind of 
um, restart and then get back to it. So it wasn't anything you did uh, as far as the ACL like you did three years ago, but something that was bugged you and nagging you and you're like, ah, screw it, may as well get it done now? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I was just kind of like, um, you know, I needed it to uh, get it fixed at some mm-hmm. point. I thought that, that that time was the best. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how's it feel? How's the rehab and everything? Good? Feel good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it feels good. So um, uh, it was this, I'm about six or seven months post-op right now. I yep. kind of lost track. Um, but it feels it feels pretty strong. Um, it, it was hard getting that quad muscle back just because you lose everything. Um, but, you know, it takes a lot of hard work, and I've been doing a lot of rehab and trying to gain all that muscle back while also trying to uh, get myself back in shape. And uh, But I feel good, so it's been going well. What the hell are you doing getting off a Yamaha, man? That's the best motor in the class. Did you did you get a better deal, or what, what was the decision behind that? Um, so, I mean, I was planning on picking up a, a 19 Yamaha from Triangle Cycle, mm-hmm. and um, I was riding a little bit on outdoors, and uh, I actually hopped on one of my friend's um, practice bikes that was a Kawasaki, mm-hmm. and it and it blew my uh, Yamaha away, so I was like, "Oh, this isn't good." And uh, it wasn't a full a full stock bike by any means, yeah. but um, it was like a different type of power that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And then um, I tried out a KTM, which is essentially like the same bike. Yeah, and um, I love the the power band on that as well, and kind of just the overall feeling of it and whatnot. So um, I tried to reach out to as many people as I could, and JMC kind of stepped up and oh, cool. gave me a good deal on a price. And um, yeah, so I, I they've got uh, all the way from they've Washington. Helped, they've helped out a lot of privateers over the years. JMC, uh, Chris Howell, and those guys. Um, mm-hmm. That's cool. They're they're in, they sound like a nice racer shop. You know what I mean? Like they'll help guys out. Yeah. So yeah. So sure. you drove out there, or they shipped them? No, <laughs> uh, they they shipped it. Okay. I'm in Florida right now, so oh, you it are would you? have been who knows how long of a drive. Yeah, but dear God. Uh, it, uh, yeah, the shipping wasn't cheap either. <laughs> no, no, I bet not. So, okay, so you're, have you been riding them? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, yep. So I, you're, I think I have like seven or eight hours on it okay. right now. I'm just, I got the suspension sent out. I'm getting set up for Supercross right now, so mm-hmm. I've been um, borrowing a set of outdoor stuff just to kind of sure. stay riding and stay fresh. So once that stuff gets back, uh going to be full swing with uh, Supercross prep. Yeah, and East Coast again? Yes, sir. Yep, East Coast again. Uh, answer gear mm-hmm. again? Yes. Okay, fantastic. Um, so you're from Connecticut, uh, which is the home of so many moto legends. Uh, and you, obviously you're, you're 20, 22 years old, so it's a little out of your wheelhouse, but Dowdy and Treadwell. And, oh, yeah. And, and, and I mean, yep. those are, are those guys that you know all about? Yep, yeah, for sure. Um, I kind of raced more, like I never really went down south. Okay. Um, I did a lot of the NESC uh NEMA races, District thirty four, so um like Treadwell, uh Dowdy, those were two big names up kinda yeah. by New Hampshire, sure. uh Massachusetts and kinda looked up to them because at the time I was like a little kid mm-hmm. and I was thinking, Holy crap, these guys are absolutely flying right now. Yeah. And um no it's crazy because uh the town that I'm from there was like one other guy that actually even owned a dirt bike, so it was just <laughs> It was weird. So how'd you get into it then? How'd you how'd you get into racing and riding dirt bikes? Like for me, it was I started when I was four years old because my dad loved motorcycles and my brother, my older brother, raced. So it was just a natural thing. But if you have no connection, mm-hmm. how does that work? 
Well, so it's kind of a long story. Uh, we go up to we would go up to Vermont uh, just about every weekend to go skiing in the winter. Okay. And uh, during the summer, we would still go up every now and then. And my dad and some of his buddies would do uh, some trail riding or kind of go ride around in some sand pits up there. And I uh, got the classic PW50 when I was like three years old and um, kind of just rode that around up there for fun, trying to learn how to ride a dirt bike mm-hmm. and whatnot. I was still a little tyke. And um, I think I was about five or six years old. Um, my dad went a couple towns over to a dealership to pick up a KTM 50, and he was um, asking the people where the nearest actual dirt bike track was. And there was a little club called Milford Riders Club. Um, it was about 45 minutes north of us. Mm-hmm. Um, small little track, like 50 minute lap time um they held these annual friday races you get like four or five guys in a class but it was fun and um i did that for probably till i was about 14 or 15 while like trying to um make loretta's mm-hmm. and dude i could not make loretta's for <laughs> the uh for the life of me and i would get so upset because i would do so well in the first two motos at the regional and then like crash under pressure in the third <laughs> moto and um yeah so um that's just kind of how we got into it and then uh, i also had a longtime friend uh, a couple times over as well that um moved down to Millsaps when he was about 13 or 14 so i kind of okay. got the the other side of the sport from him so you went pretty serious pretty early then like well, as, far, as far as getting into it yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, we were fully, like, decked out. I just didn't um, – I my first amateur national was Minios in 2013. Mm-hmm. We were just kind of uh, hitting the local races around us and trying for Loretta's. But so, it was fun doing those races up there. They're a good time. The cat's from there, right? Yes, he is. So he's, is he a rival of yours? He's older than you, obviously, but – No, he's not. Um I remember watching him at, there's this track that's uh, closed down now, but uh-huh. dude, he could do some gnarly scrubs on like a super <laughs> mini or even when he would get on a 125, I would yeah, just, yeah. like jaw drop. Right, right. Yeah, the cat's from Connecticut. Who else is from Connecticut? Am I missing anybody else? Um, Not that I can think of off the um, uh, top of my how, head. How far did you grow away, grow up away from the city, from New York? Uh, about 45 minutes. Okay. So we were like we were like 20, 30 miles away, just with traffic. We're pretty close. What, uh, so what about E-Town? Do that a lot? Yeah. Yep, yep. So we did, um, we would do K-Rock a bunch, and um, that's usually the area qualifier that we would do. Had a, that track is awesome. I always want to go back to yeah. that track whenever I can. Uh, what do your parents do for a living? What do they do to support you? Uh, so my dad, he... Uh, Worked on Wall Street and then um, oh, kind of nice. just did his own thing, kind of uh, managing some funds for uh, a couple of different brokerage firms. And um, my mom, she is kind of just like a businesswoman. Like they met on Wall Street and oh, then, wow. uh, she kind of stopped working and uh, she ended up writing like a little book. And um, from there, she's kind of getting back into work now. Wow. Um, that's interesting. What do you mean a little yeah. book? A book about what? Like, do you, why well, we... it, it's hard to, I don't know if I want to call it a book, but, okay. um, so we live, so in Fairfield County where we, uh, where we're from, mm-hmm. she wrote a, uh, 
like a book that uh, you could, it showed all of the things that you could do um, in different categories. So like entertainment or oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. coffee shops. Yep, yep. Of course, this was in a time where you can just look it up on your phone. Yeah, easily, yeah, so. right, right. <laughs> but um, um, no, it was pretty cool. Basically, your dad's probably super loaded, Will, so you just don't want to say it because he's working on Wall Street and then he's managing funds. He's one of those guys that we read about in the papers and the movies, super rich well, investment guy. Yeah, he he did well for sure. Yep. Um, there was a little crash in 2008 that uh, right. definitely put things in perspective for us. It, and um, me being yeah. from Canada, like I just that's something where you only see in the movies. Like I work on Wall Street. I'm a day trader. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a I'm an investment. I'm a hedge fund man. Whatever that is. Like I don't know anyone who ever knows anybody who does that. You know what I mean? That's really interesting. Yeah. So it's just like, it's such a weird town like, yeah. where I'm from uh, being so close to the city. You have a lot of people that work in the city because mm-hmm. it's of like a 45 minute commute on a train. Yep. And um, that's why I was like one of the only kids that even own a dirt bike. It was just weird right, how right. I came out of that town. Yeah, no, I know. And I, last time I was in New York city with the wife, we went down the wall street and walked around and I'm just like, look at all this. Mm-hmm. this is it's crazy. really crazy. Cool. It is really cool. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, you wanted to know when we were texting about this, you want to know how I got your number. You know how I got your yes. number? You know how I got your I number? I want to take a guess. Okay, go ahead. Was it from Randy? No, but that would have been a good one. Randy Valade. Yes. Answer. Mm-hmm. Was not from Randy. Hmm. Do I know this person? You do. Dude, I just had to Google you. I had to Google you. I mean, I knew who you were from fantasy, you know what I mean? And all that, but I, I Googled you. I saw one thing in like the the bio, and I texted one guy. I'm like, "Hey, what do you know about Wilson Fleming? Give me a number." <sighs> it was Woodrow. GPF, <laughs> Josh Woods. Oh yeah, 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 Josh Woods, Woodrow. Somehow yep. I saw GPF somewhere with you, and, and I and I went with it. Um, yeah. So, at the, but now you're at MTF. You ride at MTF now. No, so I I, uh, I moved to MTF in 2014. Okay, um, stayed there through 2000 and um, through the end of 2017, and then this past um, from the end of 2017 into the 18 Supercross season, I was working with Dylan Turner at GPF. Okay, and um, I had a really great time with him. Uh, I learned a lot. And, hold on, uh, hold on, Dylan Turner I, though. I don't know Dylan Turner. I know Jeremy Martin knows him well, and he works with Jeremy <laughs> Martin. All yep. that. But I read this interview with Dylan Turner where he said he got Barsha seven seconds a lap improvement. And, and I, I, I have to be honest, Wilson, I almost stopped reading after that. I'm like, you, it's, if Barsha got seven seconds a lap, he'd be beating Tomac by four seconds a lap. I was, I was no, very blown away by I think that. that uh, I think that he got seven seconds a lap at his practice track, and I honestly don't doubt that. Like, okay. that, that guy is so smart when it comes to riding and it's like a science to him and dude i just i learned a lot from okay him. that's all i can say yeah and, no uh, that's if, fine if, yeah if he uh if he got seven seconds a lap out of barsha i i just i don't doubt that okay <laughs> it's crazy to say but yeah. um yeah so um so gpf is more of a different structure than mtf is there one that you prefer over the other or whatever as far as riding facilities um I realize I this, this could be a loaded question, Wilson. It could get you banned yeah. from all the riding facilities forever. I understand, but <laughs> no, I, I thought MTF was great. Um, it was just like uh, it was about my yeah, it was my third year there, mm-hmm. and um, I just came off winning 
uh, Loretta's title the year before in the B class, and then the year after I didn't do so well, and um, I kind of just really needed like a change of pace. Right. And um, I don't have anything wrong against the facility at all. I think they know what they're doing, and they're great people. It's mm-hmm. just um, for myself, I just needed to do something different to at least try and yep. be able to find out, you know, if this will work or not. And um, when I found out that uh, Dylan was, uh, or he would be able to train to me, you, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I was ecstatic because it was a little bit different, um, just kind of, the uh, workout plan structure and structure of it, yeah. um, the fact, yeah, the fact that it was um, me and two other riders, and um, there's obviously uh, quite a few at MTF. So that uh, that aspect was a little bit different. Um, I I couldn't say one is better than the other. Mm-hmm. I would just say that they're different, and you kind of got to find what works best for you. You know, what did Dylan help you with the most? Do you think? Like, obviously, look at racing at your level. Uh, a lot of it's a mental game. Absolutely, one hundred percent. That's why I was talking about that chip on your shoulder, like knowing you belonged in the main. That's a that's a big yep. thing. Uh, but what did Dylan help you with the most? Do you think? Uh, I would. I mean, it's hard to say one thing. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the on the bike, there were a few things that he kind of pointed out to me that um, that I changed and that seemed to help like fit my riding style um, really, really well. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of just like piece of, being able to piece the track together and find out you know where you can make up time and where you kind of just need to um, be smooth and whatnot. So um, that was great. And then obviously, like you said, the the mental side of things. Um, I was reading a, a few different books on just like mental performance and trying to read different things to uh, make me better. And um, he was always there for me to call, like if I'm at the race or he was at most of the super crosses, but yep. I did the uh, arena crosses before that. And um, if there were some things I had some questions on, I could just call him and kind of explain it to him over the phone. And he would like fully understand what I was saying and kind of, Cool. Uh, you know, get my headspace back in order. So it was, mm-hmm. it was awesome. Don't be afraid to ask Woodrow what's up either. He was a good rider. Oh I, yeah. No, I know you may you may look at Woodrow on the dozer. You may look at Woodrow on the dozer and just think, who is this guy? <laughs> he's a little he's a little heavier than now than he was in his prime. <laughs> like aren't aren't we all? But uh, Woodrow was a, Josh Woodrow was a great rider. Yeah, for sure. Um, I learned something from him as well. Yep. Uh, he he's a a great guy to um, kind of get some tips from mm-hmm. regarding the whoops. Uh, it seemed like all the guys that he had on his arena cross team were pretty dang good in them. Yeah. So um, kind of just take what I can get from him. And uh, the track was pretty good last year. Um, being able, it was like the perfect um, level of uh, technical but mm-hmm. safe at the same time when you're doing so many laps during yeah. the week, you know, you can't, um, be going too overboard. So I had a great time there last year. Well, as a member of Blue Crew, I don't I don't endorse you leaving us, but that's fine. Hopefully the Husky works out for you. Um, I hey, hope too. Hey, uh, how, who helps you with your expenses, like uh, travel, gas, hotels? Are you on your own totally for that? Basically, yeah. um, I obviously get um, help from my parents mm-hmm. and a little bit from my grandparents. But, um, but yeah, it's the, private the too. Past, yeah. yeah. <laughs> The past few years have, uh, as I was a little bit younger, have kind of been more of like leisurely, like it wasn't too much of an issue. And then um, as I've gotten older and uh, wiser, I've just been kind of like 
wanting to get off of them as much as I can. Obviously, the sport is extremely expensive, but uh, yeah. I think there there's more that I can do to try to reach out to get support, especially racing um, Supercross and whatnot. So, yep. um, besides that, uh, I mean, I'd, it's so, it's really just them. I've I've tried reaching out to a couple of different people, but haven't really been able to put anything together. Did you? Uh... Who's your, who do you, who's your wrench? Who do you get to, to wrench for you? And, and, and do they just you just buy them Denny's after the race? Is that the deal? Well, no. I usually just do my own thing. Um, do you really? Huh? Uh, yeah. Uh, I never really had a practice mechanic when I was at MTF, mm-hmm. and one of my good buddies um, that lived like right across the road, um, he taught me basically everything, and. Um, so I, I just learned how to work on my bike. The, yeah. I will say the Blue Crew bike is a very easy bike to work <laughs> They on. are. They are. They are. Um, yes. Uh, wow. So, yeah. So, like you said, you just kind of team up with guys for, like, the trip to Minneapolis or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, just kind of save money when you can, right? I guess. Yeah. yeah. I did the, like, um, for the closer rounds, I did all of them with uh, TJ Albright last year. Okay. And, uh, I trained with him with Dylan, so yep. that helped. Uh, that helped a bunch. Yeah. And um, but uh, he, so he did the outdoor season as well, but I wasn't able to. So he was on his own for that. Um, you want to do it this year at nineteen? You want to do outdoors if you can? It works out. That's yeah. That's a plan. Uh, I'm just trying to make sure I can afford it and try to get as much help as I can, um, especially with travel and yeah. everything. Yeah, dude, so, it's but. The money's not great for outdoors, and it's as you know, so many parts and so much gas yes. and travel. So, mm-hmm. uh, Wilson Fleming on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Number Seventy. Uh, use code uh, PulpMX30 at FXRRacing.com or use code PulpMX18 at RaceTech.com. Get your suspension service, get your motor work done, get your motor serviced, and uh, get get some FXR gear while you're at it over at FXRRacing.com. And uh, neither of those companies are helping Wilson Fleming though. But that's all right. I still have you on. Um, is Valade? Are you lined up for for nineteen with Valade? Do I need to call him? What are we What are we looking at for answer? Uh, I, I was thinking that you uh, might have had to, but he responded to my email uh, a couple of days ago, and we're going to get some things set okay. up. So right. I'm pretty pumped on that. Well, we had Cheyenne Harmon on uh, a little while ago on this show, and he needed a chest protector really bad. And I was like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get you a chest protector. And so then I texted Valade, and Valade was in Europe. And he said he'll get on it when he gets back, and then he never got on it. So I don't know if how much power I have apparently. So because then I saw Harmon at Montreal Supercross, and he was like, "Yeah, I never got that chest protector." I'm like, "Oh, my bad." So and he's covered in uh, roost marks on his chest, huh? Yeah, pretty much. And then I think he's not even wearing an answer anymore. So I, I don't know if that broke the oh, deal no. or what. What happened? But I'll, I'll might get have broken relationships, dude. Right? Yeah. I know. My bad. I need to get on that. Uh, uh, I'm just trying to help everybody. Uh, so uh, hey, so you mentioned uh, fantasy earlier and picking Robin and watching him go down. Do you play Pulp Mix Fantasy every week? Uh, I try to. I was doing pretty good in um, in outdoors, but. I would forget like too many times to admit, and um, that was the downfall of me. <laughs> Did you pick yourself? Uh, I picked myself. I want to say I picked myself at Tampa because I was like, I need to, uh, <laughs> you know, have the confidence that yep. I'm gonna, yep. I'm gonna do well. Yep. And of course, I didn't make it, and then I couldn't pick myself for Daytona. So, damn but, it, um, I will when I have the chance to. Well, you need to text me when you're feeling good and how you feel and how your program is, because you could get a, could get me some sneaky points here. Because I guarantee you, your pick percentage was pretty low. 
Yeah, I had a pair of Venus on the train last year. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So <laughs> um, I'll get you on it this year. Yeah, well, he's answer right, Pro Taper. So yeah, he's paying attention mm-hmm. for sure. Um, hey, so uh, you with you with you being down in Florida right now and last year and everything else, uh, you get homesick a little bit. You, is it is it is it uh, get you? A little, I guess you had post op recovery or whatever. But uh, it's tough being away from home and being away from the sports system and living out of your van and, and cabins or whatever, right? Yeah, it's tough, and it's just, like, such a different, um, like, type of living, I guess you could say. Like, um, where where I'm from, all my friends are – it's just, like, very, very different. And um, I definitely miss that at times because I grew up with all of them. I went to public high school with them. So mm-hmm. um, kind of like to live like that occasionally when I can, when I'm home, and chill with them and have a good time. And then um, – but at the same time, when I'm down here, I know that it's for a purpose, and mm-hmm. that uh, you know I'm, I need to work hard if yeah. I if I want to reach my goals. So yeah. uh, I try not to think about it too much, but I'll be okay. What do you like for training? What do you like doing? Do you enjoy that aspect of it? Yeah, I love it. Uh, I got into cycling pretty big last mm-hmm. year with Dylan, and um, I really love doing that. And um, I do a bunch of running. Uh, usually in the mornings, kind of before I um, get to ride. Yep. But um, besides that, I've, I'm kind of just doing it by myself this year. So it's a little more tough to push yourself when you need to or get to the gym when you're really, really tired. But yeah. I've been figuring out um, some ways to motivate myself, so it's not too bad. Yeah, you got to keep on that for sure, right? It, yeah. It's, it's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. What, um, what could the AMA – or Feld or whoever, what, what could they do to make your gig a little easier? I mean, obviously they could up the purse money. We, we won't talk about that. But I mean, like as far as privateer life at the races, at the soupy races, what what's something that bugs you, uh, or what's something that that you think that that would really help you? Anything that comes to mind? Mm, I think that um, paying three hundred or whatever the fee is for mm-hmm. the license, and then the additional two hundred for every round is a little much. Um, I get it. They obviously need to make their money somehow, but um, I, I think they need to either cut down the price on one or the other. And because uh, there's 17 rounds, you're getting paid 100 or 200 dollars from each guy. Like, yeah, you're going to be making some pretty decent money. Um, but the way it goes in the pits and everything, kind of like how they help. Like at Minneapolis, um, they set aside some. Um, spaces for the pits mm-hmm. uh in that little tunnel for the privateers because yeah. it was snowing so that was nice of them and i haven't had like too many uh like i'm not too annoyed with anything right. that they've done um i just wish some of the like you said the purse money and then some of the entries yeah. and whatnot weren't so high for sure uh are there any uh factory guys or or um you know stars of the sport or whatever ha- whatever have you uh that you know that you hang out with a little bit to try to help you um, not really. I mean, you're from uh, Connecticut. You're from Connecticut, so there's not like a lot of like bro down yeah. time with guys from Connecticut. No, but, but there is Florida. No, not really. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to meet uh, Mitchell Harrison last year. Um, he's a cool guy. I just don't really know any of them like on a mm-hmm. personal level. I just yeah. know it's I'm on the island with the privateers. We're all buddies. Yeah, know? yeah. I know all you guys stick together. I understand that. Yeah, it, it, we it, have to. It is quite a cult on the island. Um. <laughs> And trying to figure out who was on the island, like we were trying to figure out if Mookie was on there last year and everything. It's very difficult. Um, 
any of the any of the guys ever yell at you in practice or in the races? Did you ever uh, cause some of them to lose their shit? Mm, I usually do pretty well getting out of the way. Okay. Like, um, if I'm by myself in the main or in a heat race, like I'll get out of the way. It's not too big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've had a couple hands thrown in practice, maybe yeah, yeah. even some uh, throat slitting gestures. Oh, um, was, there, gonna, was yeah. there was there a certain rider from uh, from New York that may have been upset with you at some point? I'm not going to name names, but uh, <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. But no, nah, there's definitely been some. Oh no, hold on. Are you kidding about? Are you kidding about the throat slit gesture? From a certain person, from that certain person, yes. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Because that would be epic if it really happened. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. I would, we would love it. I'd probably just be in awe. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Happen. You'd just be like, "Oh, thank you," because yeah, he does. T- <laughs> he does tend to lose his mind a little bit at sometimes um, at, at guys, which is, which makes it all all the funnier for him for us. Um, uh, FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast Number Seventy Wilson Fleming on the show. So, uh, so for you, man, looking at your results last year. And how you did, I mean, Wilson, you got to be thinking, I want in the main every single weekend. That's got to be a goal. And then, hey, maybe we can get approached the top 10. Yeah, for sure. That's the goal. Um, I think I belong in the main event every weekend, like you said. It's just now um, trying to build every race and kind of going for a a top 15 consistent and then kind of work on that Mm -hmm. and maybe even shoot for a top 10. Yep. I feel like I'm I'm going to be on some better equipment, and um, I hope that should um, kind of help a little bit. I'm not going to fully say that you know the equipment is going to make or break. I just think that like a fresh start mm-hmm. and being on a different brand might help mentally. So uh, I'm excited to see how the season's going to play out. Who does your suspension stuff for you? Um, last year it was. Dylan actually did it, um, and this year I'm using uh, Cloverhill suspension, and that's uh, the guy that does that is Stephen Cloverhill. He used to work for Pro Circuit, oh, okay, and he's kind of uh, branched off and is doing his own thing, but it allows me the opportunity to spend more one-on-one testing time with him yeah. and kind of be able to give more feedback because he's doing a little bit less volume and um I I met him while he was down here for the mini O's, and he's a really good guy. I think that um, we could set up something really good. So. Yeah, getting some testing time is important. You know what I mean? Really mm-hmm. kind of dialing, making yourself happy, and knowing what to knowing what you're feeling on the bike and knowing which direction to go is also very important for guys like you. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, man. Well, hey, thanks for coming on the show. Did we miss anything? Who do you want to thank? Um, uh, I want to thank. Um, my parents, obviously, but um, I've had a lot of good friends stick around and kind of support me and help me um, that I think they should know who they are. So I want to thank them. And then uh, Pro Taper, EVS, Brad, he's a good guy. Um, Paul, uh, Pro Taper, um, I'm getting on showies this year too, so that should mm-hmm. be exciting. Um, and then... That's about it. Uh, cool. Not too many. Yeah. And uh, hopefully your fantasy, Pulpamex fantasy owners will also thank you because I'm sure you're going to get them a ton of points this year. I'm hoping that's the case and uh, we can stay in contact so I can let you know when I'm yeah. feeling hot. Yeah, absolutely. You need you need to let me know. Do you listen to the Pulp Show much? 
Yes, all the time. Oh, when okay. I'm driving 18 hours, the yeah. uh, same 40 songs get kind of old, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I hear you. Absolutely. Well, my, well, ask my wife, though. My voice gets old also, so don't worry about that. Uh, I think you guys are hilarious. I love it. We we try, man. Well, thanks very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Good luck in the upcoming season. Uh, keep in touch, man. Let me know if Valade or, or Parabinos aren't doing their jobs, and, and I'll get yeah. on them. Um, and, uh, yeah, you're riding Husqvarna. This year, so that'll be interesting. A little switch for you. And, uh, yeah, man, thanks very much for coming on. Uh, Wilson Fleming, everybody. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Bye.